listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshie on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Look 
African Perspectives, where we review the issues of our day from an African worldview and African-centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors, and we say the word ashe. It simply means, so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Tymeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say Ashe. We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, 
Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So he poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Shimhotep means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Good morning, African world. This is not Brother Oshi. This is Brother Irvin. I'm filling in for Brother Oshi right now. But thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to me. Hopefully I can say something that will inspire you to go out and uh, not only perpetuate this, this, this African thought, but to, for some, regain your consciousness because it's all about, it's all between your ears, my brother. Action only comes from what we think and as we think in an African mind, when we think uh, with an African perspective, because that's what this show is called, we, we, will, we will move forward. And we're moving forward now. We've already won. Uh, the, today is going to be an open show. You can call in and talk about whatever you want to 
you want to talk about, but for, for me, I, it's a couple, it's a few things on my mind. You know, we look at current events and because life is fluid for me, life is actually about relationships and, and, and how you treat people, how people treat you and what we can do together as one. Uh, when we move collectively, we move with force. But let's be perfectly clear. When you're living in a capitalist society, a small group of people can move a large group of people. You kind of wonder how does that work. Well, I, I was thinking the other day about how this, this uh, LGBT movement that really does not go- coincide with any African culture at all, as far as I'm concerned, but it, um, that's just my opinion. It, I wondered how can 1% of the population control the rest of the population and force them to, 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 to let the, the men use the women's bathroom, let the, the, the boys wear girls' clothes, let, the, let them in the school teach about uh, explicit sexual behavior uh, illustrated in these books and in the, in the libraries and how, and how that is um, something that if you push back on that, it's a problem. It, it, it's you, you're the problem because you don't understand how fluid psychology is and how it, what, is, what, is true, what is a true mental illness this year, well, in, in 10 years, it may not be. Uh, in 10 years, we will change the definition because we want to change the behavior. And as we change the behavior, then we change you. Well, let's be clear about what truth is. Truth is something that can't be changed. Truth is, is not your truth. It's not my truth. It is the truth. Now, you can, you can make it, you can say whatever you want to say, but the universe speaks louder than anyone. If we don't live within the universe and with the universe and respect the universe, then the universe will turn on you, and you'll see as it's, as it's doing now. You're, you're seeing these fires and these earthquakes and these tornadoes and this, these things that, that FEMA can't keep up with. I mean, you got insurance companies that won't even insure your house in California because, uh, because nature keeps burning. You keep building, and it keeps burning it down. You keep building it back. Reminds me of a person who lives, who lives in a in a, in a mobile home. You keep parking it where they have the tornado. That doesn't make sense to me. Put the wheels on the damn thing and move it. I mean, the, <laughs> common sense ain't common. But we have to live within the universe, and and we have to work with the universe uh, because uh, it, it's fluid. But we have to understand that that the the oppressor, and and I'm talking about people who identify themselves as white. They had planted seeds a long time ago that are manifesting now, and they are manifesting into some foolishness, I believe, because we've gotten away from our culture. We as a people have gotten away, have gotten away from what we are, what is in us. Because you may not be in Africa, but Africa is in you. And as this culture, uh, uh, it, what it does as being the oppressed, the oppressor wants us to be worthless, to be to have uh, no self-esteem, and he measures it by his own currency. In other words, that the oppressor will, people identify them white, as white, the ones that are supposedly pulling the strings and running the show, they will, they will measure you by their standard. See, I'm not measured by anyone else's standard. I'm an African. I don't, I, I don't, I'm, you can't tell me who I am and, what I'm supposed to do if you have no idea of the culture uh, that I come from. You have no idea of, of, of what's in me. 
you want me to be a better white person than you are. And let's be clear, a lot of black people are better white people than white people. Some black, black people are better Christians than a white person will ever be. I've never seen a black person take a Bible and a cross and get on a horse and ride and burn up a whole damn family, children, and everybody with a mask on, with a hood on their head. Those were Christians that did that. The same ones that looked them in their face the next day with the hoods on their head. So I, I said all that to say this. I wanted to talk about education over liberation. Because I, I believe that what black people have done, they're quick to tell you how educated you are. The, 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 the Cornell Wests and the Eric Dyson Meissen or whatever his name is, they, they tell you how educated. I got all these degrees. I'm an intellectual. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all people, are people, as soon as you hear the, the key words, uh, you know, the people of color, that's when you know we're going down a road that really doesn't put you in the front, doesn't put you in the middle. It puts you in the back. It puts you pulling up the caboose because once uh, you hear people of color or the tide that rises all boats and I want to go out where the big boats are and all these all this foolishness uh we're we're not uh, uh blacks we're we're african americans you're an american african whether you want to believe it or not there are africans all over the world you just happen to be here in america cuz they're brazilian africans they're english africans they're africans everywhere we're all over the place and there's a reason for that but i think what we've done as a people in my in my perspective, you can if you push back on me, I, I I have no problem with that because I believe we should be able to have a dialogue, you know, not a debate, a dialogue. You say your point, I say my point. We come on, we agree on what we can agree on, and what we can't agree on, we don't. But when you take this education over liberation, I have uh, uh, people who have degrees in law don't know how to start a law firm. I got a sister with a, a degree in teaching but don't know how to start a school. Uh, how do you have a degree in psychology, but you can't start a psychology consulting firm? Because you don't, all you learned was your discipline. You didn't learn how to take your discipline and use your discipline in a way that can help your people to its liberation. Because you're still speaking the language of the oppressor. You have to speak their language. You, you, you can't communicate in this world without their language. And I'm going to tell you why, I'm going to tell you why the people, the 1% of the population is able to move the rest of the population. Because in capitalism, it's not how many people you are, it's how much money you have. It's how you move in lockstep. The one thing King did was he wanted to march to show that we, there were lots of us. He wanted to march because he wanted to show that we are cohesive. He, He wanted to march because he wanted to show that I can move people. But the the LGBT don't have to move people. They got the money. Money moves everything in this society. You give a person enough money, they'll say whatever you want them to say, and you teach your children to be like that. Because the God in this in, in capitalism is money. But see, if it's so powerful, why is it? that in the Islamic countries, they're not putting on dresses. They're not letting the children in the bathroom. They're doing some other things, but they're not doing this LGBT thing. Why aren't they doing that? 
because they don't worship the money more than they more than they worship their conviction. I'm not saying they're perfect people. Don't take it this don't take a, a generalized approach to this, but I'm just taking out something specific. When you have a conviction, when you believe in something, when you know something, I know what I know, I shall not be moved. So this is this is what's happening in this culture where people know you know it's wrong. You can you got two eyes and can see. And you're watching this man walk down the street in high heels and a and a beard and you're acting as if there is nothing he's there's nothing different, nothing wrong with that. Is there anything right with that? What do you think? You you call and tell me what you think. Because I don't understand how we are the, the the emperor has no clothes, but we're all sitting here as if he does. And no one and when we say something that we know is right, even when you speak of a Jew and you speak about a Jew's history, you're anti-Semitic because you've disagreed with the Jew. But I don't see nobody jumping up and down and, and, and boycotting anything for black people or people, who, American Africans. I, I say black because that's a habit that I have, but black to me is a color. We're Africans. And the further away from Africa that you identify, the more you're like. Because when we say we're Africans, all of a sudden we're being separatists. When white people say they're Italian, they're just being good Americans. Why is that? Why is that? Why is it when we decide to be cohesive, when we decide that we're going to move in lockstep, when we decide that we're going to organize I heard a, a politician say, I can't just say this bill is for black people. You can't do that. That's what she said. And because her mind was so colonized. And then I heard the same thing come out of come out, Kamala's mouth. We're not going to. I'm not going to just do something just for black people. And, of course, your black president never, never could say the word reparations. Never. And, and if you think Biden's going to say it, you're fooling yourself. But the thing about the thing about this whole politics is that when you rub me on my head and tell me something that hurts me more than if you just tell me straight out the gate, I'm not going to do nothing for you. Okay. But don't rub me. Don't 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 try to smooth me. Don't give me a 3 on 3 basketball game or free tickets to the Lakers or or you know, I can watch uh the the, the Baltimore Ravens play football. Or oh, I'm going to make I tell you what I'll do. I'm going to make weed legal. Then that way your children can start early smoking it. Well, and, and we quit this. We quit the, 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 the uh, cosign. People always smoke weed. Shut up. Shut up. Be quiet. Just, just, you're better. You're not really good at talking, so let's try listening. Because in the reality, and I say that not to be mean, but I say that because what the oppressor wants is he doesn't want you. He wants your children. They're not coming for you. They're coming for your children. They came for me when I was young. They ain't paying me no attention now. But what they don't understand is with age should come wisdom. And with wisdom, you should be able to talk to young people, to, to give them an alternative. 
because there is an alternative. You make money. Money don't make you. You you can chase money all you. I chased money when I was young, but as you learn, money don't make you happy. It makes a whole lot of things happen, but happiness ain't one of them. Not a sustained happiness. Happiness comes from within. Some things you'll learn as you get older. That was one of the things I had to learn. I had to learn patience. I had to learn patience in the face of adversity. Adversity brings out character. You can scream or or you can be quiet and formulate a plan. And that's what Africans are doing now. We're moving. We're doing things. I think it's the ADDI, the African Diaspora, uh, I think it's Institute, that's the last, and they're having a convention in D.C. in September. Uh, I think I'm going to attend one day. I think it's a two-day thing, maybe even three. I'm going to attend one day the men's seminar. Uh, this sister, uh, Baba Oshi, had her on the show, Her Excellency. He had her on the show, and she was talking. Uh, and she makes a lot of sense, you know, how Africa imports chocolate from Switzerland, but yet they grow coca in Africa. Why are you importing something that you already grow for someone else to refine and sell it back to you? And let's and let's think let's be clear about this. I, I know you only heard a smidgen of it on the news because the news only covers what what helps uh, people who identify themselves as white. But on the news, they had some riots in France, and I, and I and I unless you actually look up to see what was going on in France about these riots, the average person has no idea what it was about. The rebellion was sparked at the French police murder of a 17-year-old African, a 17-year-old African. So why wasn't that on CBS News? You know, why weren't you talking about that when you were talking to Tucker Carlson, uh, Brother Ice Cube, uh, not to take anything away from the, the work the work that Ice Cube has done, but why weren't we talking about this African, uh, this 17-year-old African that was uh, killed by the French police? Why aren't we talking about that? I'm just I'm just asking um, because it's more to the story than meets the eye. But we don't want that's not our business what happens over in France. But yet it's our business to send Carmela over to Africa to have her push this LGBT down Ghana's throat so that they can get some money. It's our business for, to, to tell them what they should be doing in their country. But we ain't got nothing to say about France because. France is uh, is in NATO. You know, France is an ally to the United States, and we we ain't got we 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 ain't got we we got to do with what they do. They they kill all the people they want and do all the thing they want. I'm I'm just saying, and I know I'm start I'm sounding like I'm mad and upset, but let's be perfectly clear. I haven't raised my voice. I haven't raised my voice. I haven't raised my voice for a reason. But there's no reason to raise your voice. Why would you raise your voice? What am I? What am I screaming for? The one that the one that speaks the loudest is the one that says absolutely nothing. That is the person. That is the person who makes the most noise, as far as I'm concerned. Because we have to, we have to, we have to make sure that we highlight these incidences around the world and why they never delve further into them. They want me to know about Lizzo and, 
and uh, some uh, what's the guy named that shot the girl in the foot? They gave him ten years. He's from Canada. They want us to know about that. But what do you actually know about Canada? What was how did how did the white folks get to Canada? Because I think it's French. They speak French in Canada. How did France get all the way in Canada? How did, did they take that land? Did they give it to them? I mean, I know the Americans came to the United States, but from what I understand, and the, the American natives just gave them the land. They said, we got a lot of it. Y'all going to have all y'all want. No, that's not what happened. Those were the lies they fed your children, they, that, the, that they all did this thing real happy and we all got along. No, it was killing involved. It was defamation involved. It was white people doing what white people do best, kill. You're talking about a people who dropped a, an atomic bomb on a whole damn city, and that's how I'm how scared they were. And if you look at every every institution in this country, they use fear as opposed to love. They'll say they love you, but they come out the gate with fear. And I only said that because I was in the military, and when I went into the military, I was in um. Uh, first, my first duty station was England, but the first place I went was Lackland Air Force Base, Texas, which was basic, basic training. And I was 18 years old, and I, um, when I got off the bus, they we picked, we had our bags in our hand. They said, "Put your bags down." We put our bags down. We stood in like a formation. They said, "Pick the bags up." I picked them up. They said, "Put them down." They did this for about a half an hour. So they were letting you know that we're going. You need to fear me. The only way you're going to listen to me is if you fear me. And they and white people believe that that fear will translate into respect, and that respect will turn into love, and then you'll walk around and saying, "I love my instructor because uh, I got a, he tore me all the way down to build me all the way up." Uh, did I need to be tore down? I don't know, but I, but I didn't. I thought there's, a, there's other ways to do this, but when you're dealing in someone else's culture, you do what they tell you to do, or you don't survive. But once you understand, you start to understand these people, you start to think on your own. You start to come up with your own thoughts, thought patterns. And once you understand your history, because your history dictates your future, your history dictates what happens to you tomorrow. And what's happening now in this country are, are the are the manifestation of seeds that been that were planted 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. This is the manifestation. This this whole and, and you know the one thing that got past most American Africans was the information highway. A lot of us it got past us, and now we're slaves to the information highway. We're slaves. You lose your cell phone, you lose your life. If you lose your cell phone, you don't know nobody's phone number. Half the people, uh, the only reason you know where they live is because you keep going there. Most of the people can't even read a map to see where they're going. And a map is what was used to get to this country. Now, uh, if there was a map, because they probably used the stars. But who wants to do that when I can push on my phone a GPS to tell me which way to go? We don't know what, what these things will do to us and what they won't do to us. And anybody who speaks about it, they are conspiracy theorists. You know, the whole 5G will kill you and all this foolishness. It may be foolish, but do you really know? Because we've never lived with this for 20 years. And every day you're hearing something. You're hearing something that contradicts what you heard a few minutes ago. 
it's 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 very interesting. I I, I was looking at the, the, the these uh white people uh where in Niger, I think it's called Niger in Africa, where they are uh, they said it they call it a coup a coup. Whenever the government chants that the democratic government is being pushed out and it's a coup and they are and they're mad well, give us the whole story. Don't give us some of the story. Let us know what is going on. Just like uh with Gaddafi. We don't actually know the whole story. We know what we know, but tell us what's going on. But we are making decisions on the little information that we know. Why is it? Why can't Africa solve its own problems? The reality is, if Africa had to solve their own problems out the gate, white folks would never have colonized Africa. But once you let that white man come into your country and solve your problem, and he gonna give guns to this one and not give guns to that one, or give guns to both of them. You look like Don King at a Mike Tyson fight. I don't care who won. Don King gets in the ring and raises both hands up because he owns all the fighters. So no, it's it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Do I was that a call? Do I have a caller? No, I don't. Okay, I thought I had a. Wait, let me see. Let me shout. Do I have a call? Hello. Unmute. Hello. Hey. Uh, Harambe, Harambe, uh, Harari Ghani brothers, and uh, I'm chiming in late because uh, my new um, black empowerment is uh, good health. I've been uh, somewhat, uh, not somewhat, but have been under the weather uh, with regards to trying to combat the pneumonia that uh, I've uh, developed. And boy, I tell you, this has been a run. Um, but I have not forgotten, and this was an opportunity now that I am out of the hospital and able to sit and listen quietly. Um, uh, thank you for picking my call. And yes. so, What's uh, your name, brother? Uh, my, my name is Teddy. I'm, my name is Teddy. I'm out of Montgomery, Alabama. Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, I, 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 I understand Brother Oshi is still out, yeah? Yeah, he's he's out. But I, I'm, I'm my name's Brother Urban Lewis, and I'm filling in for him. Brother, you're in yes. you're in Montgomery, Alabama. I was stationed actually at Maxwell Air Force Base in Mon- ah. in, Mon- in Montgomery, Alabama. That was over over 18 years ago. But I um <laughs> I, I I I actually loved Alabama when I was there. Uh, I met uh-huh. lots of people, especially college students. Um, but I thought Montgomery was the I I did I was oblivious to the history of Montgomery. All I knew uh-huh. was, you know, what they show you on TV. But Montgomery right. is more layered, more complex. And the black, I learned something when I was in the fire department that everybody that looks like you ain't like you. Ain't that the truth. Ain't <laughs> that the truth. And it is so interesting because, Irv, I, um, it will be, I would be 18 years old come August 29th. Well, what do you mean you're 18 years old? Well, Hurricane Katrina in 2005 blew me and the friends and others here to this city. And this was one place that I've always heard of with, you know, Tony Brown's journal, Eyes on the Prize, um, uh, and other documentaries, et cetera. And to actually be here in this place in the 21st century has been a revolution with regards to my education and evolution as part mm-hmm. of my education. So, um, yes, I had returned back to this 
uh, Crescent City for a, a, a few times, but um, things happen. You have to uproot and start fresh all over again. Um, and so, but there were some essences that I had been able to keep with me and bring with me here in Montgomery, Alabama. And it's a, oh boy, you're talking about a work in progress, but it, you have to continue to move. You got to continue to go forward. And so uh, one of the things that I've uh, uh, tried to institute here is what's called our Ma'afa commemorative group. Myself and a couple of other people um, were able to, for the past 12 years, on the second Saturday of July, um, to take time out to honor the ancestors and uh, the poor libations in their honor and to, ready for this, uh, dedicate flowers into the uh, white carnation specifically into the Alabama River. And so Montgomery is like every other American city um, uh, that had brought enslaved African people to bring here to develop and uh, uh, the land and put it into where it is on today. So um, so I've never decided to move back. I just went on and and uh, became a homeowner and uh, hmm. uh, employed here and uh, made some associates and some friendships and and uh, moving forward. One of which is uh, the Montgomery bus uh, transit system, the Montgomery bus boycott. Uh, uh -huh. Here is a place where that 382-day uh, uh, boycott had taken place, right here, right here in the city. Well, right. um, you would think Irv, that the system would be one of the top notch in the city, or top notch in the, the southeastern United States. Right. Uh, I welcome you all who are on the line, and should you pass through, yes, uh, Brian Stevenson has a the Equal Justice Initiative Museum and uh, other things that has been built here. But that's the more touristy side. I would really love to gather you guys together and sisters too as well, families as well, um, to just take a moment and let's have a bus ride. Let's have a bus ride. It's $2 uh, per bus uh, ride. Um, there's transfer. But I want one to experience this system, okay, mm -hmm. because it's not all of what it's cracked up to be. And so how, what happened? Why did it turn like this? Um, mm -hmm. And you'd be surprised some of, of which, uh, some ideas that people have here, even about their own, their own system in and of itself. And I said, you know, I can't say this. I, I really can't say it. I would rather be a impromptu tour guide and say, let me just bring you about $5 and coins or <clears throat> combination of coins and ones and let you experience it yourself and make your observations and make your commentary and bring back with you what you've experienced. But uh, be that as it may, uh, uh, a lot of has transformed, uh, has transpired here. Uh, we're about to go into an election of the mayor again, uh, of which uh, has been the first black mayor in the 200 year history of this city. Um, so it's a run again for that in the next couple of weeks. Um, it, it's been interesting. Montgomery, Alabama is uh, the capital of the state. And uh, I'd right. say in the, in the words of, the, of uh, 
and George Wallace and the, you know, as we said, we just love the great state of Alabama. You know what I'm saying? My goodness gracious. What Lord, is, what, brother, what is your take on the mayor there really quickly? I just wanted to, I've heard um, some things. I'm, I'm supportive of his program. There's some things that still has to be done. Uh, I really wish that he would focus more on transportation, but um, mm-hmm. I'm really not that close. Uh, as okay. for me, I think of myself as being a servant um, of approximately 5.4 million people of wow. this great state. Okay. Wow. According to the uh, last 2020 census, somewhere there, 2022 or something. And so, you know, what I think of it as, you know, I wonder what this would be like if uh, everyone pulled all a dollar, <laughs> just $1. Wow. Point four million, approximately five point four million people, um, and and counting in the population of the state. And I'm like, my goodness gracious, alive! And uh, I forget the percentage of of uh, black people that are here, mm-hmm. uh, what the slice of the pies are, but just in and of itself, for us as melanated people, if we just put a dollar, just one dollar, mm-hmm. in the pot. What could be done with that kind of type of money? And that, and see, brother, you, you you hit it right on the head. You put the nail right on the head. Racism, white supremacy, discourages that type of behavior. It discourages uh-huh. anything that is collective. It discourages anything that, and that's why when you think about Brother King who came through, I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not a fan of a hundred percent fan of any anyone. I, I see fault. I can see fault in anything, but that's neither here nor there. But my point is, what King did was King showed these white people that I can bring together all of these people, as and 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 look and they look as if they all are on the same page, and it scares. In recent history, the only person to ever do that was Louis Farrakhan. And it uh-huh. scared white people so much till they locked down the communication. They they took all the radio stations. They they made the ones that are on, all they do is tell jokes and hee-hee-ha-ha and giggle in the morning. For black people, <clears throat> you know, the white folks, they still doing politics and trying to make the president. But we what they did, they made... When you bring, like you just said, everybody gives a dollar. You spend a dollar without even thinking about it. That's just four <laughs> quarters. You can you can give a dollar, and it won't affect your your kid's uh, college fund. It won't affect your gas and electric bill. It won't affect your cell phone. It, it won't affect your gasoline, which you're paying five dollars a gallon for anyway. But my point is, you hit something right on the head. But the thing is, because we have a colonized mind. A socialized, uh, the, the socialization of black people. We have trust issues. I can't trust you, brother. I mean, what you gonna yeah. do with my dollar? You, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gonna buy right. a jet cleft low dollar? What you gonna do with my dollar? You know, <laughs> it's a dollar, man. <laughs> so my point yeah. is, my point is, you you got something. It starts small and it manifests. In other words, white folks knew that their children's children's children were going to be just where they are right now. And I'm not saying they're so smart, but it just makes sense. If we yeah. teach our children to start a business, 
then they will teach their children to start a business. But if I teach my child to get a job, then my child will teach his child to get a job. You know, and that's where we are as Africans. We're still falling behind these Caucasians as if they, they figured it out because they got shiny things, because they got big buildings with their name on it. They figured it out, but they but when you really look at these people, especially in the in the in the southern areas where I was I I've been south more than I've been north. Uh, uh-huh. they they're shallow. They they're living a lot of these white folks are living in the past. We want to go back to when America was great. They're living back when, and, bro, we're living right now. You got to eat right now, brother. You can, you, you can Who you whatever. Come on now. We got to live yeah, right sir. now. That's Make right. America which, great again. <laughs> which is so interesting because of, uh, I'm sure that uh, it had became viral so much uh, with regards to the incident that happened last Friday, Saturday, right. um, here at the riverfront. And um, it, it it pointed out some things to me real quickly. One in that, you know, we had the Red Summer of 1919, where mm-hmm. you had a whole series of of um, uh, lynchings that was going on, et cetera, right? Right. And so as a result of some of those lynchings, we only saw pictures of what had happened, right? You saw those infamous pictures where the, the the brother's body is burned on a stake, right? I have the and, book. I have the book. I have the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so, but we kind of, I kind of wonder whatever happened prior to that, right? And so, yes, there was an outnumbering on every level for him to wind up in that particular situation. Well, it's so interesting today that we see what has transpired where you have four or five different European Caucasian people to jump, uh, 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 men to jump on one African-American uh, mm-hmm. brother. Um, and so I guess they didn't think that he would fight back, but he did. And not only did he fight back, he had reinforcements that was coming out of everywhere. And so it was so interesting. You know, we never looked at that resistance before. And so, yes, there probably was a resistance that was going on. I think that's, that's Just Mercy is the name of it. No, what's the name of that book? Which one? What is it about? about the lynching. Oh, yeah, I got that lynching book. It's in my library. I wouldn't yeah. get, get it, but I'm going to. Yeah. So, um, but uh, in the 21st century, I think that uh, it's interesting that some people think that we're just docile, right? And, and that um, because... Uh, the Lord will take care of it for us, right? Uh, there'll be an intervention somewhere, and I'm saying, well, where would I didn't see it through any of those videos that I had seen, and so what? Or what, what are you talking about? There is a fighting back that really, really, really needs to be done, and so some, you know, everyone, we have an open carry law here, and so. Um, it's just interesting how uh, I think of uh, uh, the brother in Florida, not Florida, in Georgia, who was doing his little jogging, and, and father, son, and I guess the other friends say, hey, there's, there goes that. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's kill let's it. Get it. Yeah, and, and, so, and film it. And film it. And film it. 
<laughs> no, no, brother, you're you're right on point with your with with, with what you're saying. I, I appreciate your call, brother. You were you you're a breath of you're a breath of fresh air, especially from especially from Montgomery, Alabama. <laughs> and, and I'm gonna need you to keep listening. I'm gonna take this other call from DC and see what his thoughts are. But man, you are right on point with this. I I, I like this thing, this 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 libations that you do uh, the second Saturday. I wrote that yes. down. I wrote yes. that down. And uh, brother yes. Teddy, brother Teddy, yes. we're gonna. I need you to keep. I need you to keep calling and keep listening, brother of Teddy, course. because you of course. got of some course. excellent points, man. And and when I do get to Montgomery, Alabama, I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna get on the bus and say, Is Teddy on here? They're going to say, we don't know no damn Teddy. <laughs> but feel free, feel free, and, and Brother Oshie has my contact. And, good, uh, good, we good. Definitely, I would love to be able to be of service to you and others who may come through this city, not just for the EJI Museum. Right. There right. are other aspects. You remember earlier it was mentioned that there are several layers of Montgomery, and yeah. I, love for you, I love to kind of peel some of those layers back. <laughs> For you, so you can see. Let's do that for sure, brother. Thank you for calling. I appreciate you. I say, I say, Let me see where we at, brothers. There's a brother in D.C. I want to get him up, Bro- brother. Caller from D.C. Two o two. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. What's your name, brother? Excellent. This is Rick, man. Uh, I'm hey, oh, this is my. My man Rick, what's going on, Rick? How you doing, big brother? Uh, I'm alive. That's all we can. That's all we can hope for, right? Bruh, bruh. It don't that's re- a good it, thing. It don't really matter. It don't matter if we ain't don't. got that. Don't brother, nothing else Rick, matter. Now, brother, you, but Rick, you know, you're the brother that talks about communication. Is that correct? I, I, I certainly do because I know how important it is, um, and and I can tell. You know. Uh, Listening to you and the brothers speak, it just reminds me mm-hmm. of that poem that Claude, Claude McKay wrote, If We Must Die. And we must die. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, that's a law of nature. We must die. And mm-hmm. so he says, and the bottom line is, if we must die, and I don't have it in front of me, but I, I've got it in my brain, the principle, then let's mm-hmm. just die like men. Let's die mm-hmm. like men. Mm-hmm. Not slaves. Not Americans, not Negroes, but let's die like men. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. And it, it just so impressed me. Uh, growing up in, the, you know, I was born in the late, late 60s and grew up through the 70s and 80s and mm-hmm. looking at the potential of things and being willing to die. I mean, if I said, hey, if it come down to it, you know, I want to die a glorious death. I want to take 500 <laughs> of them with me. <laughs> you know, I'm serious. I'm, 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 I meant that, and that that thought has stayed in my mind for years, for years. And having worked in communications, I see how I don't want to say underprivileged, but how unaware of what we are faced with. You know, this conversation we're having right now. There are people mm-hmm. over at the NSA and the CIA, and they're listening. As a matter of fact, they don't have to do it. They have artificial intelligence that now is at the point where you make a phone conversation. It recognizes your voice, and it can record what it is you say in your phone. So mm-hmm. I, I'm saying we, we have to realize, you know, I don't know of any other way to do this. When I was 
about 19 years old, I realized I could not live in my parents' house anymore. It wasn't that I didn't love my parents. It wasn't that I didn't respect them. But I had to live my life, and I realized it. And I'm saying that if black people don't recognize, it's certainly, if it only takes one to get it started, if we don't recognize the importance of leaving, and, and that starts mentally. That's not necessarily physically. It ends physically. But if you're trying to figure out how can we make white folks be better, you have already lost this chess game. They got you got one pawn against the king, and they got a whole cadre of pieces. They are never going to change. If 400 years don't change a person, they ain't going to change. Cows still give milk. Lions will still chase whatever's out in the way that's a prey. These white folks are just lying, deceptive, living devils. I know right. there's no other way. There's no other way. If you look at just the history that they wrote, not that we wrote, the history of what they have done and their reasons for doing it, no, there is right. nothing divine in that. That is a devil, if you want to think in terms like that, or an anti-human. And we're trying to get these people to do right when they have had every opportunity to do right. Mm -hmm. And they reject it every time it's presented to them. So that tells you and me and those of us who understand that it's like playing that chess game. We got to just disrupt, just turn the damn board over. <laughs> you know, we ain't got to win the game. Just, just turn the board over and the pieces go where they go. But I'm saying that, and I'll say, I want to say this, because if we don't do it, maybe some young person or younger person, uh, and maybe not a younger person, will, mm -hmm. will aware. if we could just get a movement going where we just did not participate in these people's society for just a week, mm -hmm. just don't do nothing. Stay in the house, lock mm -hmm. the damn door, get, get your food ahead of time, your water, whatever, and just don't participate. Do you realize we would shut this damn country down? We would shut, shut it down. It down. You're because we are the we're the oil in their engines, man. And if That's we right. take if the you know your engine don't get oil, it shuts down. It don't care if you're on your way to the hospital. It don't care. Your shit is gonna shut. Pardon me. Your your it's gonna <laughs> shut down. So I'm no, I'm only saying this to say, I I, I love to hear people like yourself. Mm -hmm. And others, there are many that don't get to, to verbalize themselves in this way. And right. I appreciate this meeting. But like I said, them folks are sitting over at the Pentagon right now listening to this conversation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, 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 you know, when you leave, like I said, I loved my parents, but I had to leave. And yeah. I had to get my own life. And if that's, like Claude McKay said, if we must die, then let's die a man. Are we gonna die one day, brother, and we on our way to it. You and your sisters, oh, yeah. I'm in my sisters. We know we we ain't gonna live to be two hundred. We damn sure ain't gonna live to be four hundred. No, <laughs> you know. No. So no. let's leave a thought in the mind of some black person or black people who realize this situation. I know you're getting close on time, but I really want to yeah. say this, man. If we can just get a movement going where we just don't participate with these people with. Just start with one day. Just don't go and let them. What, what the hell is them Negroes doing now? Then change it to two days and three days. Then no buses work, no metro work, no nothing. They can call the police. Don't nobody come. 
let them see what they're facing and be like Claude McKay said, if we must die, then let's just let's die, die as men. Brother Rick, thank, thank you, you brother. for that. Thank you for that. <laughs> brother, I thank you for that. I'm going. I thank I'm, you. Uh, no, no, you're the, you keep this, and I'm going to take this other caller really quickly. And I try to get them up before I go on a break. But no, what you're saying is absolutely right because uh, a coward dies a thousand deaths. That's right. But a man dies once. That's right. You know, and he don't die running from you either. No, no. You you look at him in his face. You look me in my face and what you're going to do. Just like anybody else, you're going to do something to me, look at me and do it. Don't don't be a coward. Don't come out the bushes in the dark. Hide in a, hide in a, in a, in a warehouse with a high-powered rifle and shoot somebody unarmed on a balcony and uh, or, or stand some bushes and shoot somebody mm. in a convertible car and, 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 mm. and put his wife sitting there and blow his brains out and you think you're doing, you're da- you are delusional. You're delusional. When you burn black That's people, right. you take pictures while you're hanging them and we're living with these psychopaths. We're living with these yes. psychopaths. And we're sitting, yes. we're living with their children. It's in them. Yes. To, to, to be warmongers, like we just correct. Like just and, we like sit, and they're gonna tell me you don't, you can't teach, you can't teach uh, racism in school because the white children are feeling unconscious, while the black children are feeling invisible. Because that's right, and I don't want them to teach it in school. I want you to teach your racism at home, like you've been doing it. Okay, teach it at home. You ain't got to come here and teach it. But see, my children go to school with with these white names. This, Jefferson and this Washington and this, uh, uh, we still got the names of our slave owners. We still live with that. Black people, that's my family name. My name's O'Neill. You ain't no damn O'Neill. Secure, that ain't your damn name. What is wrong with you? You're wearing his clothes. We, we, have to, we have to conform to this or we're ostracized. Because you can't have you, I don't mean to raise my voice, I don't mean to scream. But you, it gets, I get passionate about this because we are doing things that we've been doing for so long that we, our children have never seen the way that we really are. We're Africans, but you never, you can't even say it. I ain't no African. I ain't never been to Africa. But you never hear an Italian say that or a Korean say that. But we say it. And we brag about it. This doesn't even make sense. But when you've been doing something so long, you tend to think what you're doing is normal. And that's what white people do. They keep confusing normality. And therefore, black people tend to consume each other. Because when, when, when black people cannibalize each other, the oppressor loves that. Because you can never satisfy his insatiable appetite to watch you fight each other. To watch you consume each other. Because we're always talking about black-on-black crime. But let's talk about white-on-white crime. Because there are more white people than black people. So, therefore, it would be higher, wouldn't it? But we don't talk about that. We just want to talk about what's going on in Chicago. They're shooting each other in the Crips and the Bloods and the Shedder. Stop it. Because what you're doing is you're perpetuating, you're perpetuating this BS, what they call stereotypes, so that we can, so that we can keep white supremacy going. Look, I got another caller, uh, brother. Let me get this other caller really quickly, if you don't mind. It's in, uh, what is it, uh, New York, uh, 646. 646, are you there? Er, what's happening? Oh, that's my, you know what? I was. I said, if, if this brother don't call, I'm going to call him. I said, wait a minute, I don't have his number. 
But I said, I'm going to call him. <laughs> nah, you know what that often was, man? I had remembered you was on Wednesday, but unfortunately right. the show didn't pop off. So, you know, today um, I said, man, I'm going to give Irv a call. I'm going to try and do it early and um, catch up with him and see how he's doing and everything, man. But, you know, it's it's the same old, same old, man. These these crackers are being crackers, and you just got to let them be crackers. Brother, brother, you know? I was going to – wait a minute. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I was going to take a break at 12 o'clock, but I'm not going to do that. I, it's my, well, no, it's take my show. It's my, it's my show. I'm, I think I'm going to go right on through. Uh, we're going to go right on through to the end, but because I, I want you to – I want to talk to you. I want to – Get your thoughts on on some things, man. Because there's a couple of things that I wanted to ask you about. Because I know you know you don't know a whole lot about nothing, but you know a little bit about everything. So <laughs> was that a com- I think that was a compliment. I'm not. <laughs> That's the way it should be. What are you talking about? That's the way it should be. It should be. It should be no other way. It should be no other way. But I'm you gotta be. As they say, you got to be versatile. Versatile. That's what it is. is you got to have versatility. Hey, but, 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 but let me tell you something. Uh, uh-huh. the, thing, the thing in our society is we got a lot of people who know things. Number one, they're not exposed. And number two, they don't have confidence in what they know. So whereby they're not able to move and punch forward with the knowledge. It's like you know, educating a child. You got to yeah. educate a child based on what you know and having the confidence that what you don't know, there's somebody else that you can expose the child to to learn it. And we don't do that. And that's and 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 that's called. That's called, when you're able to see an expert to me is, is an educated fool. Nobody is expert. Nobody knows everything about anything. But my point is what you just said was it was basically balance. You got to have balance. You know what you know. But I also have a little a small door in all my knowledge that you can come through with some new knowledge. I can learn something from anybody. I can learn something from and, and so and when you close that door where you can't tell me nothing then you become an idiot. But when you, I can't be moved on what I know. I know that money moves everything around me. I know that we live in, we live in the right now. We live in, you can talk about uh, slavery. You can talk about uh, back in ancient times, but, but we're not living right then. We live in right now. We got to deal with the things that come to us. Deal with it. Don't forget your history because your history makes you who you are. And then move forward. But you talked about balance, brother. You talked about you got to be able to balance your life. You can't be all in or all. You can't be all money over everything. You, you can't be, uh, oh, you know what Jesus said. Well, call him up. <laughs> call him up. Call him up and tell him, uh, give me a call around two and we'll put him on the party line. No, we're talking about what's between your ears. And, 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 and that place is where you live. I'm telling you, brother, the most important thing in life, and I stand by this until, until I expire, is relationships. Because you could be anywhere in the world right now, and you chose to get on the phone and talk to me 
and be in my space right now, and that's a blessing in itself. Now, I can take that blessing and make it into anything I want. Once you get off the phone, you know, that damn Jay, man, he ain't this and he ain't that. I can do all that. But I choose not to do that because the way I've grown up is I, I know I know that trust is a very delicate thing in this life. And that's where black people have a problem with their colonialism. When you've been colonized, trust is something that the, 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 he'll never, the white people will never teach you to trust your brother. You'll never teach you that because if you trust them, then all of a sudden y'all walking in lockstep, and we can't have that. We can't have you organized. You can't have you. You can't look what the, what the guys say. They don't want them to get a messiah, you know. And, and and anybody that looks like a messiah, we have to kill them or make them look like damn fools. We got to make that Louis Farrakhan an anti-Semitic. We got to make King a, a, an adulterer. We got to make anybody Malcolm X has got to be a separatist. Anybody, or if we can't put a dress on him, can we put a dress on him? Because we can feminize him, make him into a woman. Then he ain't really going to do nothing. But no, we still waiting for that pie in the sky. It's gonna, we're going to get ours on the other side. Amen? Amen just means you agree. I'm just saying, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Oh, man. Amen. You just agree. Herb, you are but look, man, um, we, I'm, I'm I, 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 can't, I can't disagree with you at all. I mean, if, if the yeah. truth be told, I mean, but wait, that, that's, that's but the reality. Jay, did you see this? Did you see the brother in Alabama that was fighting on the pier? And when he threw his hat up in the air, did you see that? I don't think people hey. see that. He threw his, if you watch it again, he throws his hat up in the air. And I'm like, hey. what that mean? That must mean, <laughs> that must mean, y'all come on down. It's awful. Hey, 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 I'm so sick of that goddamn video. I don't know what, 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 what to do. I, I, I have said it is the white chair, the new weapon of choice. I mean, for, for, for Negroes to act. In the manner in which they are over that, it just shows the lack of intelligence that we as a people have, the stupidity, and the other bullshit. Because that did nothing for me, brother. That did that did nothing for me. Now I'm just waiting for maybe next week when you find the Negro hanging from a tree because of that shit. What mm. they gonna do? Because that's no reality. Well, let's look at let Let's really look at it, Jay. When you saw when you saw the white people beating up the black man on the ground, this was the image that they gave, beating them up. I mean beating them up. And, and, the, and the ferry boat was coming in, and it was brothers on the ferry boat, mad because they couldn't get over there to help them. Then the brother jumped in the water, and he did a Michael yeah. Phelps and swam because he was that emotional. He swam yeah. over to this kid. I mean, I, as a young kid, I, it had to be a young kid because I would have probably drowned. But he swam over there. But this is the part that, that really takes me somewhere. They beat up this black man. The security guards or the police or whoever it is in the uniforms that come, they got the, you see another image of these black men have another black man on the ground detaining him and locking him up. I said, wait a minute. This, these white folks just jumped on this black man and beat him up. Okay, and the white woman went over and kicked him in the face. 
I saw that. She kicked them in the face. I said, that's yeah. mean. I mean, and then, wait a minute, and then it's not a hate crime. And now I'm hearing the word N-words being thrown all over the place. But she kicked them in the face. And then when the black police come, they lock the black guy. I said, now, what is, why do we well, that's keep? what they do. Yeah, why do we keep? That's what we the Negro do. Oh, my God. The Negro, the Negro performs as a police officer for the white man like no effing other. I've seen it. I was working for New York City Transit as station agent, talking booth clerk. This like 22 years, 22, 23, maybe longer. And there was this white officer and this drunk black guy. I think the call was, um, there's a signal that they call out. And man, the white cops came running. The situation was under control. Then the black cop and the Puerto Rican cop came running. Mm. And the white cops were just standing there. And you know the Puerto Rican and the black decided they had to give them a little bit of tune-up. I was just... Mm. I was a lot about what this black and Puerto Rican cop is, and that was my first experience. And I've seen it many times afterwards, but that was the first time that I've seen it mm-hmm. on that level. And I can say to you today, that shit still happened today. Negroes and Baba Louis performing <laughs> for this filthy, no good, stinking cracker. And they are rewarded. Yeah. Man, you mentioned they're rewarded. They get promoted. Oh, wow. oh they get the, the more blacks you oh, arrest, yeah, 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 yeah. they get rewarded. They get you. Uh, you know, you know, I went out there, boss, and I just took care of them Negroes. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, we're gonna I, promote I, you, I Rocco. They promote you. You get more, yeah. the ones the, the the black cops you see with all the stripes and all the super duper on their shirt. That's because they done bust some heads. Because they done they done ruined some lives. They locked up some folks. They they disrupt people's uh, journey in their life because this is what the, the the administration wants them to do. I need you to lock them up. I need you to bust their heads to let them know that we running this, and I need you to do that because you the Negro handler. You got to handle the Negroes, and we got lots of Negro handlers. Uh, Jack, Al Sharpton, you got Louis Farrakhan, you got a lot of people who handle the Negroes and keep them calm. You know, and I'm not putting these people down. I'm not saying that they're doing anything wrong. They do. They you. We need all types. We need the ones that, that that's nice. We need the ones that's mean. We need the ones that's religious. We need the ones that's pol- politics. But what I need black people to understand that at the end of the day, you are an African. White people will do whatever they got to do, but they all go back to who they are. They all go back to their sisters or the Italian sisterhood or the or the Chinese. People go back to the Chinese people. But we as Africans, where do we go back to, brother? When, what, what, what group we got, the secret meeting that we have? When we going to have a secret black meeting with all the black people to come and be secret black? When we going to have that? Because as soon as you get hey, there, hey. somebody going to bring their white girl. Terrence gonna... <laughs> hey, Thomas coming know, with his wife. Say what? Hey, Irv, you know when I knew that the black, Leadership, or as one would say, 
the black bourgeoisie more than shit was disturbed in my activist day. It was with the incident that happened with Sister Soldier and Bill Clinton. And let me tell you this from somebody who was there, who was involved, mm. who was in the loop. When that went down, Sister Soldier was going to save black people from Bill Clinton. But Farrakhan, Jesse Jackson, mm-hmm. the puppy Al Sharpton, because he was not but a puppy at that time, Kyle Butts, other so-called blacks, got in the room and told her we're handling. Now, there's a video on YouTube with her giving a press conference mm-hmm. dealing with the situation. I see it. That was when I basically became an outside observer of the bullshit that goes on and the sellout and the games that we play. Now, I know people get mad at me when I say this. The ancestors are doing Jesse Jackson in the manner in which his black ass deserved to be dealt with. The man and the rest of them sold black people out because she would have saved us or she would have at least put out there what kind of low-down, stinking, no-good, filthy cracker he really was. And we all know the things that he did to black people and around the world. And she would have uplifted not only black youth, but she also uplifted black women to Mm -hmm. see an example of what they could be and should be. Let me tell you something. We don't even realize the type of damage which was caused by the effing Negroes to the development of our movement. Because if you think about it, what was going on at that time and what is going on today, we in a sad state, brother. I'm sorry to say it. I can say it because I've been involved in our experience. We as a people are effed up, really. We're in trouble. We don't we don't produce nothing. We don't manufacture nothing. And if to be very, very honest, we don't do nothing because we have no real community. We don't even have neighborhoods. All we do is look for a way to be closer to crackers who hate us. And think that we're doing something when we go and participate with that bullshit on the boat. We really think we've done something. And then the sickness of it all is talk about this 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 just shows our mental sickness that we built this country. Get the F out of here. You ain't built this country. You didn't build this country. You were forced to build something. And I don't take credit for nothing that I'm forced to do. <laughs> I mean, call it, but we do a force. I 
to somewhere six days a week, you will be. I mean, I remember this thing, and I think it was 12 Days of Slave or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And when the Negroes didn't pick enough cotton, they would be. But you built this country, right? And you and you want to claim this shit? You retarded. <laughs> That's the problem with the Negro. Negro retarded. And I'll let you do your thing because you know and I know. You got to be a to believe some of the shit that we believe. But it all boils down to our want and our desire to be loved by our oppressor. Right. That's all it is. It's nothing else. You can't call it no other way. You really love the white man that got there much that you will forego everything. You, I mean, how do you not want to offend a white man that disrespect your sister? I don't understand mm. it. Never did. But hey, I regress. That, that brother, I'm a, when I when you start lying, I'm going to interrupt you. But let me see. No, I mean, I, no. I, I, I really, I really, truly, I really, truly regret. I mean, because. The reality is that this is a white man who, when it was all said and done, did more evil than one would honestly, truly imagine to the structure of the black family. But this is someone that the Negroes had the nerve to say he was our first black president. I mean, God have mercy. I mean, really, you accept someone into your home you see as a so-called ally, and in the process, the man that did more evil shit than black people did one could imagine. Just evil. But, but it's cool. And then on top of that, think about the evil, the evil that he did to the Haitian people and how he's Still over there with his family is no good filthy white brother over there stealing from the Haitian people. He sees no more better than the colonizers of Africa. He's no you more better. I, I agree with same, that. Doing the same thing that the cracker over there doing in Africa today. But this is someone that we pray. This is someone that there will be more niggas crying when he die than it will be for Messy Jesse. Believe me. There'll be more Negroes upset when he's gone than it will be for Messy Jesse. Think about that. And you know I'm telling the truth. No, I, I, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> you know I didn't I'm telling the truth. It will be a day of mourning. It will be a day of mourning. You know what I mean? It's just like Irv. Something's fundamentally wrong with us when we could be in the situation to perceive someone as being in our interest and in the process they so evil and wicked. Give you a prime example. Everybody talks about how Donald Trump 
is an idiot, which is true. Don't don't get me wrong. The man is a, the man is an idiot, and I'm loving the way he's being treated because now a black woman go 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 make him call her uh, ma'am yeah. and all that, which is you know a Negro's right. fantasy that all you really got to do is just laugh at it because it's in a bullshit. But Good take boy. this example. Biden, who everyone says is so much better than Trump, do you know there are policies that Biden even doubled down on in regards to what that cracker Trump was doing? And if you think I'm lying, I'll give you three countries, Haiti, Cuba, and Venezuela. Biden has doubled down on his on, on on his policy. Now, what do that tell you? What do that tell you? I mean, what? it's just it's just that cracker old senile devil ain't no better than the other no good senile devil cracker. The bottom line is they you rules. Yeah, and, that's well, your and, 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 and you know when you say that, Jay, it makes me say to you, what made you think that Bill Clinton, George Bush, uh, Ronald Reagan, this guy Biden was it was any different? The only person I thought that might have been different, I might have thought Obama was different because of his skin color. Well, he was worse. He but was he worse. was. But he's in the same group. You don't, Jay. If I start a club in in New York, and you join the club, and me and you in the same club, and some other people get in the club, do you think I'm gonna let somebody in the club that's coming in there with a skinheads and 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 the hell with the black people? You can't be in my club. So all these people are in the same club, and we're not in it. We're not. We're middle class people. We're not in it. If it's if it's skin color, if it's economics, if it's religion, whatever it is, you're not in it. And we can sit here and talk about all day about what these crackers have done to us and what they're going to do to us and what they did do to us. But the reality is, Jay, that we got to do what we got to do for our people. And if getting on this radio or on this Internet and talking about what it is they're doing and someone hears something that you say that inspires them to do something, then damn it, it's worth it. It really is. Because nobody's saying this now. They running out here trying to marry white women. You got the black men running around putting on skirts. Nas X making a record like he's pregnant. All this effeminizing black men and the black, the black. You ain't even started in on the black women. So the black women get some money. They don't need no. The black woman gets some money. She don't need a man. The black man gets some money. He want all the women. It don't even make sense. We need to uninstall this program. We need to uninstall this operating system that we that we have, Jay. We need to reboot, we, uninstall. We're conditioned to be retarded. And so that's why we have to uninstall this. We got to start. We need to start our children out in our own schools. We need to start. We need to have our own neighborhoods. I don't want to live around white folks. I don't even want them to live in my neighborhood. None of them. If a, well, you know, Huh? I live in Harlem, and I tell anybody, the only thing that has kept Harlem from becoming totally gentrified is the PJs, the projects. 
That's the only thing that does stop it the whole, from totally being gentrified. The whole, you know, the projects, the, the, okay. the public housing. Because right. Cracker don't, Cracker don't want to live around that totally. There's a lot of them that, you know, live around it because I get a kick out of, you know, if I'm coming in at 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, and that cracker out there walking their dog, they got the nerve to tell you good morning or something like that. I just look at them. I, I don't even, I don't even speak to a cracker when the cracker say good morning or something like that. That to me, I, I, I find it to be quite insulting. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to talk to you, devil. I don't got nothing to say to you on that. You know what I mean? But it's amazing how I know that the white man don't fear the Negro because he walk around like it's nothing, two or three and four o'clock in the morning in the black neighborhood. Yep. Like, it's all right. I remember the time I saw the sick, twisted monkey man, twisted sister, Don Lemon, and his wife, his hmm. wife boy on the 125th Street at around one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. That's what the candle work. Now, they couldn't do that back in the 80s and the 90s. But now, they disrespect, they disrespect black women. I had, and to show you how deep it is and when it started, there's a famous park in, in, in Harlem, um, the Marcus Garvey Park. Um, if what's you call them is is li- listed in our, 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 our brother, his name is escaping me, Marcus. If Marcus listed it, he'll tell you, he can verify it. Well, this, this park on Saturday nights, well, basically on the weekend, the African drummers would come out and they would drum. You know, okay. I mean, it, it was like cool. a basic, it was like a basic ritual. Right. Do you know they built a building across the street from the park? The earth, when I tell you this, it's going to blow your mind. Three cracker families moved in. Do you know the crackers got the African drummers to stop? What? Yo, bro. Bruh, bruh, I couldn't believe it. When the Negro, when the Negro like that happened, I threw my hands up and said, F it. I, I, there's no hope for us. Marcus can tell you. Marcus can call up right now and tell you. Three white families. Three. Now, everybody else in that neighborhood at the time was 99.9% black. This was a building that was built on the corner of Fifth Avenue, is it Fifth Avenue? It's either Fifth or Madison. Fifth or Madison Avenue, no. No, matter of fact, it was Fifth Avenue. Fifth Avenue and 24th Street was built. And three white families moved in that building. And stop something that was going on 
Wow. For over 20, 30 years, African drumming, bro. It was a ritual. They would come out and they would sit and they would play. And they wouldn't bother nobody. People would walk by. You know, people wouldn't even stop to listen or anything like that. But it was a spiritual, I guess, ritual that these brothers, whenever the weather was nice, they were out there on a Friday, Saturday, and maybe on a Sunday. Early Sunday afternoon. And they would be out there, man, brother, till 1, 2 o'clock at night playing. You know what I mean? Showing up. Three white families came in earth and shut mm. this shit down. And, and we didn't do nothing. It shut it down. It was, I, I'm trying to remember, Marcus could probably verify if it was the Giuliani administration. I think okay. it was the Giuliani administration. But they even took away people on the 125th Street that were selling their goods and things and nothing. Giuliani mm. came and shut that down. The only thing he couldn't shut down, and this is what's so crazy, is it was books. That was the only books and religious religious um, artifacts. Those were the only two things that he couldn't shut down. And let me tell you what happened. At that time, they had a renaissance of African books. You know, it was that was the hot thing right there. Reading Chancellor Williams, Doctor Ben, and all of that, right? Okay. And then what happened is. The the genre changed. It went from gangster books, Donald Goins, and the rest of that, and then hmm. to Monkey Man, Twisted Sister books. So oh. now that's what you have out there. You you don't even have guys out there selling culture books and all of that. And that was when I came into consciousness because my gender, my master teacher. Brother Amin Ra, who owned the bookstore, Amin Ra and Isis, who, you know who was there that mentioned me, and I got involved with First World, ASCAP, you know, I got to know Dr. Ben, Dr. Clark, you know, my most right. influential person to be around when the opportunity arose was Amos Wilson, uh, knew Amos pretty decent, you wow. know, um, used to eat breakfast with Dr. Ben because Dr. Ben had a spot on the Hub 35th Street, they pad pads that he used to go whole court at. I mean, Dr. Ben was a trip. He was, he was, Dr. <laughs> ben was probably one of the most funniest cats in the world when he started <laughs> Holy court. He you don't get him to start talking about the black woman. That was that was it. It was it, it was unbe- it was unbelievable because Doctor Ben could be vogue in his description of what you do with a black woman, but it was it was totally in love. But that was that was the thing. Uh, now wow. in Harlem, you see none of that. You see, you don't see. 
I remember we used to be on 125th Street having debates. We used to, the elders who were studying the history and culture were out there giving lectures and things of that nature. I, I remember, like, there's a brother who is probably one of the most underrated Pan-Africanists that me and Marcus both love daily, Brother Alabe Bad. You know, everybody talks about the show with Gil Noble like it is. Alabe mm-hmm. Bad, whenever you saw an African leader come to this country because they would go to the Patrice Lumumba platform that Alabe had, they would get interviewed by Gil Noble because Alame worked for many, many years at ABC. And, right. you know, he 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 was the graphics guy at ABC, if I'm not mistaken. And him and Gil became a good friend. And he was the guiding force behind, I would say, honestly, 90% of the things that Gil, Gil Noble did. Alame was probably one of most informative American in regards to African politics on the continent. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. the man, the man was no, the man was no joke. I love the Lambe. Oh man, the Lambe, that was my man. Always wow. Acceptable, always to talk to you. He just. I mean, you, there was people out there, man, really, black people out there that had not, it was, I mean, Marcus could tell you, Marcus was around them. We was, we was around them. And the thing is, now, brother, to be honest with you, uh, that's why, if I was to stand on the phone and start talking some African stuff, they go with, Throw fucking tomatoes at me and I, and eggs. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to know their history. They don't want to know their culture. I don't know what this Negro wants to know. Honestly, on this planet, because like I tell these kids all the time, I ask you to do three things: learn your history. Learn to trade and learn to have a worldview. And in order to do that, learn as many basics of a language and think globally. Don't think, think about if I have the trade and I have the skill, will I be able to use this around the world? And let me tell you something. I had a kid that's a welder that followed my example, and he doing it. I mean, he doing it. He going around the world doing welding jobs, making crazy money. Wow. And having big, big fun. And that's my my greatest achievement, (laughs) I think, in regards to educating someone else, it's this kid. And every time he comes into the U.S., 
the first thing he do before he see his mother and daddy <laughs> is come to my house, drop his bag off, and take me out to eat. That's the first thing he do. <laughs> and sit there and just talk for hours, hours about what he's doing. And I mean, he's going to these countries, meeting the people, working, and having fun. And this kid is 26 years old. Think wow. about that. 26, 26. 26 years old, and my passport, my passport don't even look like it. And I've done a little traveling. I ain't done no serious, serious. But, I mean, he'll go to some place like Saudi Arabia, Dubai, for like six months and work on the job. He'll go to some place like Japan or wherever he want to go, he'll go work on the job because he got that welding skill. Right, right. You know what right. I mean? And that affords him to go to these places. And like I told him, you got to have a worldview. But I said, the one thing that will make you acceptable to the people is two things. Be able to speak a little bit of their language and respect their culture. As long no, as you understand that, you're straight. Because the one thing that America and their filthy, stinking arrogance is they don't respect people's culture. They, number one, can't speak the language or make no attempt to speak the language. So whereby they're really not accessible to assist in any honest manner. But when you could go to a country and you could speak basic and understand basic things, within the culture and the language, you're all right. It's like going yeah. to France and being able to order food, and you sit there at the table, and you able to order what you would like to eat. You know how oppressed uh, oppress people are of that? They're really, they really like, oh, shit, oh, you yeah. respect me enough to be able to sit down. And then when you're a black man and you good-looking black man, I mean, I just have to laugh all the time, and I tell them, man, you better not come back here with nothing. You know, I mean, he be showing me pictures of some of the women he be dealing with, <laughs> and they all, and they always, the women that are black. That's why he's my boy. That's why I love him. I love that. He don't that. go to countries. And that's with those white women. He Ever. always go to countries and big up the indigenous women of color. And man, let me tell you something. Yeah, he, he, I, I, I said to him, well, what, what is the, what is the plan? He said, man, I'm gonna do this for another fourteen years, and then I'm gonna go someplace and, and settle down. I said, hey, man, do what you got to do. And let me tell you, they pay, they pay him well. They pay him well, bro. They pay him, they pay him well. Let me say and this. And that was not to tell you how deep it is, mm. because the tax purposes, he's thinking about giving up his citizenship 
in America because he's not in the states that much no more. Right. Even right. You know, he's probably he's probably in the U.S. once or once or twice a year, and the longest he usually stays is for two weeks. So he's probably in the country maybe two months out of the year. But you know, because he's a U.S. citizen, there's certain tax obligations. That, that right. he has to, what you call it, because you know they get a lot of people with that. You know what oh, I yeah. mean? Oh, um, yeah. And you don't want to. And like he said, and like I told him, you don't want to get caught up in that nonsense. You uh, know what I mean? But yeah, man, that's that. That's right now. I would say that's probably one of my greatest achievements. And I got a couple of kids right now that's on the the the, the same the same path. You know what oh, I good. mean? And, and, and that's all it is. Because to be honest with you, as far as I see it now, Irv, I don't think that our future as black people in the manner in which this country is going is good for us. Because we're not learning the applicable skills to be able to be self-sufficient. We're too dependent on the cracker. It's like going to college and getting certain degrees. I see it as a waste of time. No, I see it as a waste of time. No, I, I, a couple of things, Jay. Uh, as you were speaking, I, I, I think that you're being truly blessed by the Creator to even have to be successful in what you in what you've done with this young man and the young men that you've come in contact with. You're truly being blessed. It's a blessing, man, because he, you know. Jay, if I'd have went right instead of left, I would have probably been in jail or dead or, or hooked on some drugs because I was about as smart as a bag That's of right. potato chips when I was young. And this young That's man, right. and if you think about all the people, all the children who've listened to their parents, think about, I mean, for a second, I'm, I'm just going to name a few. You think about a Serena Williams and her sister who listened to their parents. You think about a, a, a Floyd Mayweather who listened to his father. You listen to, a, think about a Tiger Woods who listened to his father. Um, you think about the Jackson Five who listened to their father. Uh, the road may have been tough, it may have been hard, it may have been some sacrifices made, but at the end of the day, they were successful in this capitalistic system. They gave more money than they'll ever spend, regardless of where they live or who or what they've done after that. But what their parents did was successful. I enabled them to take care of themselves, and that's what you've done to this young man. You've enabled him to write his own ticket. And that's what this is about. You want to write your own ticket. And see, and it made me think of something when I said that. It made me think of this, this, this Caucasian Donald Trump. Donald Trump has been writing his own ticket forever. For yep. Ever since he's been born, he's been writing his own ticket. And now this fool has consumed himself. He was so full of himself that he consumed himself. They're yep. about to put the – a guy like Donald Trump – you don't have to send him to jail. All you have to do is make him stay in his room, and it, and he kill and he'll kill himself because he's not used to being restricted. And even in his mouth, he needs you to say how great he is, and that that pumps him up. It's better than sex for him, for this type of this well, type of individual who's a, he was an imbalance in his. He's imbalanced. He's he's not he's not like you and me. He's in, and there's lots of people like him. He's imbalanced. He has a narcissist a, a tendency, so he's in love with himself. 
And white but people, he's he, say it again. He's dangerous. He's probably, he's probably one of the most dangerous white men in this country that yeah. people don't realize because he got something that most people don't have. He had millions of people on the ethnic string. I mean, just imagine, just imagine, here it is. He's manipulating you. He's using you. He's doing all of these things that in your subconscious, you know what he's doing. You know he's a fraud. But because of his position in whiteness, and his manipulation of your sick racist mind, you believe in him. Because if you think about it, and you put it into real serious analytical context, in the four years that he was in office, what did he do for them? Everything that he said he was going to do, he, he didn't did. do. He didn't do. The only thing that he did was make taxes better for certain people. Now, I got money, and I can honestly tell you, he didn't make that vast of a difference for me economically. It's the people who are above me that he really, really helped. And he screwed those that are below me. And they don't even understand. I'll give you two quick examples. A friend of mine is a homeowner. He used to be able to write off like maybe 18000 Do you know what Trump did his tax day? He was able to only write off 10000 because that was the cutoff. Now, somebody like me who had, was involved in investments and things of that nature, it didn't really affect me because I ain't holding no mortgage. You know what I mean? I'm, in, mm-hmm. I'm part of a business that holds mortgages, but certain things apply that are different. Also, the thing is, and this is something that you and I both know because we've been civil service workers, and a lot of people don't understand that. And you, I don't know if you know this, Yellow Trucking Company, I think, just shut down because they didn't fund the pensions. But what I'm saying is when people talk about negotiations and things of that nature because of our stupidity, they always look for this wage increase. But it's not really about the wage increase. It's about the medical, to me, more than it is about the wages. Because the $20 that they give you in your pocket, the bastards take it out or make you give it right back at medical. And people don't understand that. And then the wicked tree changes, and I would say this, to my best friend, you know, and I mean, matter of fact, he ain't my best friend, he's my brother. He's about to retire. And the beauty of his retirement is, and they cut this out. You know they cut this out, Irv. When he dies, when he dies, he's now going to be able 
to leave money to his daughters to lay down. Think about that. Now, when they implemented that, because it's a tier system, that's when majority of whites got that benefit. Because I know one of my exes, her mother was a school teacher in New York. She died, and her daughter still collected the money till this day. Mm-hmm. And when she died, they didn't cut off. But the thing is, her mother been dead, unfortunately, for 30 years. So think about that. You get that nice fat check every month, tax-free for 30 years. Crazy. But the point is, it's a system in place now to whereas where we growing as a people. What if we be in place in a situation to lead to our kids? What are we doing to deal with the systematic changes that are coming. Everybody talks about AI. AI is real. Mm-hmm. What is going to be your place in AI when things start happening? How are you going to be able to feed yourself, close yourself, move yourself forward? What industries are you going to? This is what I'm saying about learning certain skills. Certain skills AI ain't never going to be able to do. Being able to identify and this is something that we don't do is we don't identify the skill set of our kids. We don't understand how to identify, unfortunately, the skill set of our kids. It's just for our kids that I work with. I make an assessment. Are you college material? Or are you trade material? When I figure out which one they are, that's how I guide them. They're extremely successful. When you go to college, get a degree in something that you can use here and you can use abroad. Mm-hmm. When you get a trade, get a trade that you can use here is abroad. You know, these are the type of things that we not educating our children on. One of the main things that I do with any kids that I'm dealing with, this is the probably the main thing, I culturally introduce them to music. That's the main thing. I Because I always say to them, I'm not into that rap bullshit, and I'm not into that basketball. And I mean, I make a decent living, honestly, betting on basketball. As a matter of fact, I do quite good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, whenever I hear some kid talk to me or say something to me about basketball and rap, oh, they get to work. I don't even play with them. I give them, I give them the work. But once you give them the work, let me expose you to something. So now I expose you to Coltrane. I expose you to Miles. I expose you to Luther. I expose you to Teddy. I expose you to Nancy Wilson. We're not doing that with our kids. We don't sit down and 
teach them music appropriation. We don't teach them the things to elevate their mind. It's just like I got this kid, he always used to talk to me about rap music. And I used to, you know, get on him about rap music. And then I realized, let me go another approach with him. So I started playing rap music that had a message. X Clan, The Jungle Brothers, Days of Four Righteous Streets, Four Righteous Streets, And then he started to understand because okay. I would always say to him, look at the lyrical context of this and the lyrical context of that what this is saying and what that is saying. And right. then introducing them to Miles, Coltrane, right. Right. and things of that nature, and it turns it a little bit because yeah. now he can appreciate things that he couldn't appreciate before because he ain't had no knowledge of it. So nope. when he started hearing that garbage, He'll know, he knew it was garbage. He knew it was garbage. Jay, yeah. I got eight minutes. Jay, I got eight minutes. Hold on, let me well, let me close. No, I ain't nobody. I'm gonna close. Mark I'm gonna close the show out. But I, bro, you hitting on some points, Jay. Hold, on. Just let me put your hold. Hold on, Jay. Let me finish. Let me get this show closed out. But yeah. what, what Jay, what Jay, what Jay was talking about was the universal language. Music is a universal language, a language that everyone can understand. Because in music, there's a message. And when and when um, Arugu change, change, tries to change things, he can't change the universe. That's the one thing about white people that they try to change. If you notice, it's easier to kill a, a black man if you call him a nigger than it is to call when you call him a brother. It's easier to smack a woman in the face when you call her a bitch than it is when you call her a sister. You know, that's my sister. No, that's my nigger. Oh, I can kill a nigger. Because nobody likes niggas. Because the word, the kind of, the, the meaning of the word, you can act like you own it. You can say you changed it, but it still cuts deep. That word cuts deep because it comes from, it comes from pain. It comes from dying. It comes from uh, being sinister. So you're absolutely correct. What, uh, what, what this, what this white man has done, and I'm, and I call him the white man of those who identify themselves as white, is he's changed the language. So what we have to do, as a people, is we have to. We have to uh, we have to change this operating system that we have. The operating system that we have now is one that uh, dog eat dog. I gotta get mine. Uh, only the strong survive. Uh, we're not cooperating. We're competing. It only could be one winner, and that's me. But we have to understand that it's more to, to it than that. It's more to it uh, than that. And I'm not saying. Someone shouldn't win because they it's a competition. But keep it in perspective. Keep it in perspective. You can't say I, I got to beat everybody or this one ain't that. But yet uh, I'm all for the people. Well, you what people are you for? What what people are you talking about? You it, a colonized mind cannot uncolonize another colonized mind. So if you're not educating yourself and you're not reading and you're not listening. Because I'm telling you, you get two ears and one mouth because you're supposed to listen twice as much as you as you uh, talk. Sometimes people 
are better listeners than they are talkers. So it's very important that we that we listen to one another, because and and, and the communication is, is a very is a very layered and difficult thing because communication is connected to emotions, and everyone has emotions. White people have emotions, even though a lot of them uh, suppress suppress them emotions as as we do because life is life is horrible, man. Nobody wants to see. You know what? It hurt me as much to see that black man get beat up by them white people as it did to see the uh, Will Smith walk up and smack the hell out of and smack the hell out of uh, Chris Rock because violence is violence. It does. It, you can you can have violence against your brother, but white people live in a constant state of violence. They got this. This country came about doing violence. This, they perpetuate this. They got army bases all over the world, guns and violence, because this is how uh, the, the white people live. They live in a constant state of fear that someone's going to do to them what they did to someone else. Let me say it one more time. That someone's going to do to them what they've done to someone else. And that's, and that's why violence is, is, is what they teach their children. If push come to shove, we'll just kill you. We'll lock you away. We'll silence you. We'll shut you up. And we're behind enemy lines right now, uh, brothers and sisters. That's where we are. This ain't no game. This is real. This is real. And 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 if you and if you poke, you keep poking this bear, this white supremacist bear. They're gonna come for you. Are you gonna be ready for when they come for you? They may not come physically. They may come through. They always send a Negro handler to get you. You know the IRS or probation or something. They're gonna come for you, and you have to be you have to be well equipped to deal with the when they come. And the way you deal with that is by knowledge. Knowledge supersedes everything. And when you know what you know, what you know, can't nobody move you. I'm like a rock. You can't move me. I'm not looking up to that white Jesus to help me do a damn thing. I'm not, because you gave me that Jesus. You gave me that book. But then when I started reading it, it didn't say what you said it said. But this is where we are. Brothers and sisters, it's uh, it's getting about that time. It's 1258, and um, I've had a great time. I've had a wonderful time. This has been so uh, inspiring. It's been educational. I love the brothers that call. I really appreciate that, and, and, I, and I really appreciate appreciate the people who are just listening but the, the struggle ain't over the fight ain't the fight ain't ain't over we've already won we just have to claim our prize and we're doing that uh so i, I want to say um thanks again and um no really i want to say thank you again because this has been for me this this puts gas in my tanks this 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 fuels me up this keeps me going when I um, when I'm able to get on here and speak and say things that I'm thinking about, because uh, tell you be honest with you, a lot of people don't want to hear this. They like living where they're living and doing what they're doing. So I'm going to end this show as we all as we end all the shows. In the words of Stephen Binko, I'm paraphrasing now. The one thing that the oppressor has that he values the most is the mind of the oppressed. Thank you so much, my brothers and sisters, for joining. Bye now. I say, I say, brother, all the best to you. I say, thank you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, my brother.
Thank you. Thank you so much. Irv, you gonna take OC jobs? You keep it up. Oh, I'm not up to 